Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Garrett McDonald, who's the CEO of Maritime Resources. They're TSXB-listed gold company with assets in Newfoundland. The market seems to be quite excited about their story. But if you want our take and summary of the conversation and obviously, of course, the company, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, along with company reports, training courses, commentary from market experts from all around the world. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing ideas and thoughts with each other. And if you go there now, you get a seven day free trial. So enjoy the podcast. Garrett, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for joining us. Uh, excited to hear your story. So where in the world are you? Yeah, I'm down near London, Ontario, which is about two hours uh, southwest of Toronto. There you go. Twinned with London, England. Maybe. Yeah, yeah smaller smaller London for sure. Um, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're kind of working remotely for now in and out of the city as we need to. But yeah, a little, little different with, with this COVID uh, thing going on, but uh, we're still able to get things done. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Do you think you'll stick with it in the long run? Is that a plan? Probably a hybrid of it. I don't think we go back to the way it was. I think we've certainly seen how effectively and efficiently we're able to work remotely. Um, so I think the old ways maybe were a little bit too uh, too <laughs> too much. We've been certainly proven we can do things differently. So that's fantastic. And I think I think shareholders won't go back to the way it was. Well, I, I kind of hope you're right because I think shareholders won't. You know, instead of those airplane trips, I guess they want to see, you know, drills, drilling going on. What can you do with 10,000 bucks drilling? I guess it could be quite exciting uh, in your case. Um, well, look, it's new story to us. First time we've spoken or met. Um, it'd be great to kind of get that one minute overview of the business and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, sure. So Maritime Resources. Uh, so we're listed on the TSXB. Our focus is gold and we have a uh, singular focus is Newfoundland and Labrador. So we have the Hammer Down Gold Project. That's our key asset. Uh, it's a former high-grade producing mine. It was operated by Richmond for four years in the early 2000s. Uh, so we're looking to restart that mine. And we're potential around the mine, as well as the uh, our new project called Whisker Valley, just located north of Hammer Down. Right. Okay. Like, uh, thanks. Thanks for that. Like, I, I'm just trying to, because again, it's a new story to me. I'm trying to work out what I'm buying into here. Okay. So, um, perhaps we can talk about your your business plan. Okay. What, what the, and the business model, for that matter. Right. So, w- what is it that you're trying to be? And I, I get that you're um, you you've, you basically got this uh, hammer down project, Richmond Mine Mines old asset. But what are you trying to do with it? Yeah. The overall business plan for the company is to get. Uh, into production and to explore for new resources. Um, so it was about 18 months ago that uh, the new team came into Maritime, uh, backed by Dundee Goodman, Merchant Partners, Sprott, and 1832 Asset Management. Those were our, our three main shareholders. Um, the idea was that we were uh, hopefully going to be able to um, bring the hammer down mine back into production during this high, high gold price cycle that we're in using um, existing facilities that are in the area. So there's a process plant uh, at the Nugget Pond metallurgical facility uh, that we might be able to use. It's the former plant that actually processed all the ore from Hammerdown when it was running before, and it's sitting there right. So really we're looking at a low capital, 
high grade, high margin startup, uh, roughly around 70,000 ounces a year from a high grade deposit that was already mined once before. So it's a well-known entity. Uh, it's a very clean milling ore, high grade narrow veins. The, um, you know, that's the business plan to get started. We're we ultimately, ultimately would like to get up to 100,000 ounces a year or more. We see that potential in Newfoundland, but to start with, we're looking at that uh, 70,000 ounce starter mine at, at Hammerdown. Okay, so what gave you the confidence that you could go back in here and do that? I mean, what data have you inherited? And in fact, how did you actually come across this project? So Maritime has owned this asset uh, for over 10 years. And I guess in the last probably two or three years, uh, there's been a lot of, a lot more drilling, a lot more uh, interest in the project. So when we came in uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, started with an infill program, updated the resource, we looked at a new mine plan, uh, came out with a new PEA study in February, uh, with some really attractive economics. Um, at 1375 per ounce gold, we were looking at $111 million MPV, 50% IRR after tax. So as a scoping study, it looked good, uh, gave us the confidence that we could um, move on to the next step. So we we're doing some more work now, more de-risking, more technical work, drilling, um, to come up with uh, a new resource and a new mine plan again, just to tighten things up even further as we go into feasibility. So um, what, we, uh, what we noticed on it though, is when Richmond was, was mining here, they were mining with a cutoff grade of around eight to nine grand cutoff grade in this kind of gold price. Um, you know, their average grade at the time was around 16 grams. So very high grade mine. And Richmond was really uh, not that well known for exploration. They were well known for underground mining, which they were very good at. Um, and what we found through the, the core and the and the historic drilling is that they they didn't sample outside of the main veins that they were mining. So we started looking at it. We started to see uh, grades in the you know three to four. Um, this would not be considered ore to them back then, but for us in this kind of price environment, certainly it is. So we saw that potential. We saw the potential to start with an open pit versus underground right away, um, using the facilities that are in the area to keep the capital cost down, and basically that gives us a starter project to work from, and we can use the cash flow from that to kind of bootstrap ourselves up uh, into 100,000 ounce. Okay, so let's come on to that in a sec. Just explain to me something you said. You said Maritime have had this asset for 10 years and you came in a year and a half yep. ago. What was the history there? Where have you guys come in from? Uh, myself, um, I'm a mining engineer. So I've, uh, my background, I was with uh, GADS Energy and Mining. Uh, I was a VP of Project Development. Um, the main work that I did was focused on Dalradian in Northern Ireland. So I led the feasibility study on that one. And that's really what got me interested in this one because we, we did hear about a project in Newfoundland that looked a lot like Dalradian, at least geologically. Um, smaller resource at a million ounces compared to the five or six million ounces that they have. But um, when I went to check it out, it looked very similar. Uh, high grade narrow veins um, and wide open for exploration as well. So um, yeah, I came in about a year and a half ago, we started building up uh, the team. We just just announced uh, a new vice president of environment and sustainability from Kirkland Lake Gold that joined us, uh, Perry Blanchard. And we also we also brought on um, 
you know, an advisor uh, to, the, to the company as well as the COO of Dalradian currently, Eric Trombley. So we started to notice there was a lot of potential here that, that needed to be fleshed out. We really spent the last year and a half just um, just doing the work, getting the, uh, the resource tightened up through the drilling, technical programs, environmental programs, community relations, getting the whole package together to be ready to go to that next step uh, for feasibility. Right. Do you feel that this project's, I know you talked about, uh, you know, reasonably good returns at 13.75, you know, not uh, until a year ago, it been sitting at about, the price of gold was sitting at about 12.50 for a long period of time, were there or thereabouts. Projects like these only get going in a high gold environment. So what, what level of confidence do you have about this bull market that we're in at the moment? Well, you know what, it's, uh, we, we had a really good result at 13.75 per ounce gold. And anything above that is, is gravy as far as I'm concerned. We're not relying on a higher gold price to make the project work. Um, you know, at spot prices, it's a it's a $300 million project, of course, and rising tides lift all boats. But, you know, we're we're focused on on developing a high quality project. So we have high grades. Uh, the hammer down open pit measure and indicated grade is over nine grams. So that's a pretty rare thing. Um, we have a an average life of mine grade through the PA study of, of nearly eight grams through the mill. So it is a high grade resource. We think we can, you know, bolt on a, a low capital cost solution to give us that starter project that pays back the capital in maybe one to two years. Okay. So that. Have you, have you done anything like this before in terms of a low capex startup type project? Because you know, PA is a plus or thirty yep. percent in terms of the economics, obviously. But you're currently going through a feasibility. So, where where are you getting again the confidence from to think that you can deliver with a kind of low capex solution? Yeah, I think the confidence comes from the number one, the jurisdiction that we're in. So we're in the Baybert Mining District of Newfoundland. So there's it's a mining area. So we're not in a remote situation by any chance. We have uh, fantastic local labor available, uh, well skilled. Uh, individuals, we have services, suppliers nearby, road access, power lines. Um, we're only a kilometer away from power. And the whole business plan for Hammerdown is to take an existing high grade resource that's a brownfield site with veins exposed at surface to send these veins uh, to our sorting plant on site, remove the dilution as, as best we can, and truck the ore to a mill that's already there with the tailings pond that's already built and permitted. So that's why I think we can keep the capital cost low. Okay, um, this is your pre-concentration process you're talking yep. about, right? And so who owns the mill? So the mill right now is owned by Rambler Metals and Mining, their UK copper company. Uh, so we came up with an agreement with them after our PEA in March that uh, basically gives us about a year to evaluate the plant for, for use for hammer down. So we're just still doing some test work on that um, to go uh, negotiate a purchase or some kind of a deal that would allow the ore from Hammerdown to go through uh, the plant at Nugget Right. So let's let's say Hammerdown kind of happens. Everything everything falls into place. The infrastructure and the and the the, the, cap, the low capex solution works for you. You produce cash, which you're then going to plow back into the ground. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Right. So where's the value come from for shareholders? So the value, I guess, from share for shareholders is. Um, this thing would spin off uh, significant cash flow uh, every year. Um, we think that the value uh, certainly would come from the fact that the additional deposits that we have in the area um, 
we have two or three resource kind of potential deposits that should be developed as we get more drilling into them. Um, this area really hasn't been explored well over the years. Um, just last week, we announced results from our new projects called Whisker Valley. We're seeing, you know, one ounce material in veins in bedrock with significant copper and silver credits as well. So we think there's potential to grow our resources in this region to get to that 100,000 ounce a year production profile or more. Um, you know, the uh, with a one year payback roughly um, at these prices, I think it's a pretty compelling uh, investment considering we're only at sitting now at a 50 million market cap with, with 10 million in cash. It's, it's compelling, but the money's going straight back in the ground again. So it's payback is quick and then the cash is going back in the ground again. So that's what I'm asking about. How do shareholders benefit? I think your answer is we'll build up the resource and someone's going to be interested in that. And hopefully what someone takes you out or the share price goes up or, you know, these are things which, you know, until, mm. you know, and beginning of this year didn't really matter. All of these catalysts didn't really matter. So yeah. what, why do you expect it to now? Well, we think there's, if you look at our, uh, I guess, price to nav ratio, we're, we're on, the, on the very end of the low side. And I think that that is, that's the uh, the upside for us is we move into a, a producing company to get up to that uh, you know 0 0.5 0 0.6 or even closer to, to one ratio where we we should be as a producer that's the re-rating that investors should should look for at the moment we're on the very very low side of of where we should be but like but, you, you and a bunch of other hundred thousand answers sure. a year producers i mean the, i was just say it's not hard to get a kind of peer analysis done for you guys, because there's a lot of people operating at that level. Where, where's the real growth? Yep. Where's the real excitement come from? Where's the sex and the sizzle? Mm -hmm. So two things. I think the uh, basically it's from our exploration potential. Richmond at the time when they were there looking at Hammerdown, they were mining these veins, right? trying to keep their mill going at a, you know, a two to $300 an ounce gold environment. And then they stepped away from it uh, in 2004 and left it there. Um, with gold prices the way they are now, we think there's potential all around Hammerdown. So it's a pure shadow of the head frame story. Um, there's deposits that we have on site that haven't been fully explored. Limited exploration below 250 meters anywhere on our project. So we think there's potential at depth as well. So we're working on that now. We've got two diamond drills turning at site right now. So we'll be drilling all basically the rest of the year at Hammerdown with two drills, searching for the other parts of Hammerdown or Hammerdown lookalike uh, deposits. Hammerdown is very structurally uh, kind of controlled. Uh, dozens of veins have shown up at the connection of uh, several different faults. We think that that could repeat again a lawn strike and also a depth. So that's where one of our major upsides will be if we are able to find a new deposit there at Hammerdown. And the second one is this new Whisker Valley project. A brand new thing where we're finding high-grade veins that look like Hammerdown. Um, it's early days yet, but you know, so far so good. We're finding one ounce veins in bedrock. That's exciting, um, but more work to do. Yeah. Okay, so you've raised about 12 million bucks since May this year. How much cash have you got today? So we're sitting right now at around 10 million in working capital. Right, and that's gonna take you out till when? That'll take us through uh, probably until next year this time. Uh, we're really well financed at the moment. So I mean, our focus is exploration, feasibility and permitting. And that are for those three things uh, to happen over the next 12 months. So what, what do you think? I mean, again, you've got to take advantage of this bull environment, haven't you? The money's being thrown around left, right and centre. You know, um, you've put double, doubled in price since June. 
It's great. Well done. Uh, but yeah. so have a lot of people, right? Um, but never, no, nevertheless, as generalist money coming into this space, surely you're not going to wait till this time next year to go and raise some capital. You're going to take take advantage of the situation now. Why, why move so slowly? Why, why two drill bits? Why not more? Well, actually, I don't think we're we're moving slowly at all. Um, so we've just added a third drill on Whisker Valley this week. So we have three drills running. They're going to be uh, drilling all all fall up until the end of the year. Um, we're working already on our feasibility study, and we've already submitted our application for uh, for project permitting. That was project registration, which was submitted this summer. So really, over the next 12 months, uh, these are kind of the catalysts that we see for the company. Number one would be project permitting, which we hope to receive uh, by this time next year. Number two would be the feasibility study. Feasibility study is important, too, because that's the key you need for project financing. And so when we look to, uh, I would say, probably spring of next year, we'll be looking at how ways to, to raise the money to build the project. Okay. It's the feasibility bit that I'm interested in because it, it, mm-hmm. it's like the proper economics start coming out yeah. and you start getting a sense of what it is. Because again, in terms of you know resources, it's not, it's not particularly big at the moment. I, I get you just started, right? And the process has to build that out more, but you've got to also be able to do it economically. So 100,000 a year, that's one target. What are the other targets you're going for? Um, you know, for the feasibility study, uh, and you're right, the PEA studies are you're a, you know, a snapshot in time, plus or minus 30%. It's just a scoping study to get you comfortable enough to move to the next step and spend some more money to de-risk the asset even more. Um, one of the big things that we we did this summer to support that was was an infill and grade control program at Hammerdown. So we invested over 10,000 meters of drilling, very close space drilling, um, getting our, our drill spacing down to you know 12 meters or less in some cases. Um, you know, my experience as well, I was uh, you know, mining engineer at Placer Dome and, and uh, very used to narrow vein mining. And the more data you have, the better. So to support a good quality resource to go into feasibility, uh, we, you know, invested 10,000 meters of infill and grade control work um, in the project. So that'll be the basis for an updated resource later this year. That forms the basis then for our um, our mine planning and all of the, uh, the capital estimation that'll come in in the first half of next year. Um, the same goes for metallurgical test work, more sort, you know, test work on the ore sorting. People sometimes have questions about pre-concentration and, and the effectiveness of ore sorting. Um, I can tell you that we need ore sorting to make this project work. It's a nice to have. So if you remove ore sorting from the PA study completely and you just shipped run of mine ore, it's still a very attractive project. So we want to make sure that we don't rely on something brand new. Um, the other thing I can say about sorting is that it works really well on the right kind of deposit and hammer down is like that. So sorting on uh, density by looking uh, with x-rays for pyrite, very effective at doing uh, the same test program that we did on Dalridian and have very similar results. So that seems to work really well. Um, the other main thing on the feasibility that we want to uh, look at, of course, is um, uh, is capital costs. So we're, we're talking all the time with local contractors, good pricing, indoor designs. So we're doing all the work now to get ready for that feasibility with good quality information. That's the best thing you can do right now is de-risk, focus on the detail, 
we're not looking to sell the company. We're focused on just de-risking the asset. And if you know if something happens and a bid comes in, we'll look at it. But I honestly think that's probably the right thing to do is just stick to your knitting, get the details done and, and dialed in so you're ready. Either go it alone or or do something else if, if that opportunity is the right one. Okay, so talking of uh, managing your costs, I'm looking at the board and the management team. There's a lot of senior management involved with this. I mean, how many are paid and how many are actually doing the work? So on the on the board, we have uh, three other directors other than myself. Um, so we have John Hayes, Peter Mercer, and Mark Ashcroft. Um, so yeah, so we have a small small board fee for them annually. On the management team, we have uh, two advisors as well, Jeremy and Eric. We have a CFO, corporate secretary, and now a new VP of Environment and Sustainability, right? And Tanya, our, our uh, IR manager. Now, we just added Perry Blanchard. He's our VP of Environment and Sustainability. We think that's a, a key hire for us. Um, Perry will be in charge of all things health and safety, all things community, government relations, permitting environment, sustainability. And uh, he's a local resident of, of Kings Point. He's literally five minutes away from the project site and uh, was formerly the manager of, of health and safety and environment at uh, Kirkland Lake Gold in, uh, at Detour. So why, so why do you say that's important now? I mean, like I said, you know, three months ago, you're a $25 million company. Why, why are you so concerned about ESG? I think you have to be. If you think you're going to build this project, and we do, then I don't think you want to wait. I think the sooner we have someone in place for that, the better. That's my experience. Um, it's never too early to, uh, we already have a very good relationship with the local communities. So I want to you know, make sure that that is, is even strengthened further. Perry's a great hire. He's local. He knows the people. He knows the area. I think if you're going to go into a production uh, decision here, you have to have that position um, in place. So he's actually the first, uh, probably one of the first executives we've hired for the project. Um, and that's our how important we feel about ESG. Okay. Are you, given all this money coming in, sometimes small companies get carried away. I mean, how, how do you continue to remunerate yourself? I mean, and you, you know, I'm sure you like most CEOs that go, we're aligned with shareholders, but what does that actually mean? So how much do you pay yourself? Are you buying shares in the open market? What are the options you've got? Yeah, so all that information is available on on, on SEDI. Um, we we don't have a bonus plan. Uh, we have stock options. All management board have participated in the last three financings. Uh, my own 1.3 million shares myself. So if we're asking investors for their money. We want to put ours in too. Makes sense. Um, so we haven't had any any raises for anyone. It's been pretty steady since we joined. Okay. Yeah. So what, how do you differentiate yourself? I said at the beginning, there's, I speak to so many companies and so many juniors, under 50 million, all targeting the same things as you. So why you and not the 200 other companies pretty much saying the same thing all around the world? Yeah, I hear that too uh, a few times. There's, I think the differentiating factors for us, um, several things. So one is grade. We have a very high grade deposit. It was mined once before. We have a process plant that we could use nearby. We're in a province that actually wants mining, which is really important. We're in great local support from our communities. And we have great support from our major shareholders. 
Dundee Sprott in 1832 were well-known investors. Uh, I think if you wrap it all up together, adding in the exploration potential that we have, now that we're well-financed, we're able to run with three drills, push ahead through feasibility and permitting in a province, again, that wants a mining investment. So I, it's not one thing, it's a collection of all of those. Um, and a starter project that looks really attractive. And you'll be in production soon. That's correct. 2022. 2022. Okay. Um, Garrett, fine. That's a nice introduction, nice short introduction to the company. We've not heard the story before. Um, I'm intrigued to see how you get on. What's the, what are the next sort of um, big moments we should be looking for? Well, we'll have drill results coming out throughout the year. Um, you know, that, uh, that'll certainly, I will, with three drills, we'll probably have results coming every couple of weeks for the next uh, several months. Um, we're waiting as well for uh, for a permitting decision on the project from the province. So that could be another catalyst. And I think we'll start having news out too on, on some some more results on our uh, test work that supports the feasibility. Okay, I guess the permit and the feasibility study are the, the, the big ones, but I guess lots of small drill results coming out, hopefully high grade. Yeah, well, it's gonna be uh, definitely shifting more from drilling for feasibility to drilling for exploration uh, discovery right now. That's, that's the, the recent change in our focus from the drill point of view. We're really branching out now and testing all of our our targets uh, that we've been working on for the past two years. Okay, because I know it's like you're trying to compare yourself to uh, what's been happening at Pure Gold. Um, you know, some, some of the analysis, Ascot, Battle North and Pure Gold seem to be your, your peers that you'd like people to think about you as being or potential of being. Um, mm -hmm. in, in what sort of time frame? Well, if we can get hammered on up and running in two years, I think within the next five, I'd like to be at 100,000 ounces or more, okay. which would be a pure gold kind of uh, type company. And it's kind of funny, Darren and I used to work together at Placer Dome. So uh, <laughs> we'd like to uh, emulate the success that they have uh, have had, which has been really great. So, but, you know, Newfoundland is, that, is a special place. We have so much, you know, potential for new discovery there. It's been an area that's been really, I would say, well prospected, but not well explored. So we're definitely interested in uh, in exploring there, adding to what we have, and if we can get hammered down off the ground, then I think for sure we'll have a success to get over 100,000 ounces a year. What sort of, land, sorry, I forgot to say, what sort of land package are you sitting on there at the moment as the scope for more? It's, uh, no, it's huge. We have over, I think, 300 square kilometers of land. We have lots of land that we need. Um, covering Hammerdown and Whisker Valley. Um, so everything we need for our facilities, for our site plan, for the mine, and a huge area to explore. So. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, stay in touch. We'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.